0: Hi, this is Jimmy and Karen Evans with Marriage Today. This podcast is dedicated to equipping families with the teaching and tools they need to succeed. We hope you enjoy this episode and subscribe for more marriage building content. And Karen, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks, it's good to be here.
0: We're talking today about striking your spiritual and emotional match. Now, uh, this this is a very important teaching. It comes from Sex, Love and Communication, uh, the series that I do. And so we're going to go into the teaching here in just a few minutes. But we just want to begin by talking about intimacy. The whole purpose of sex, love, and communication is talking about intimacy. And you cannot have intimacy without being able to communicate on the heart level with your spouse. See, spiritual intimacy is the deepest level of intimacy. Mm -hmm. A lot of people see, Jesus said, Jesus was asked, Lord, what's the most important commandment? And he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. There are four parts to our being. Uh, Our mind, loving God. By the way, the first reason that God gave us our minds was to love God Mm -hmm. and our bodies and everything else. So God says, love me with your mind, love me with your body, love me with your spirit, and love me with your soul, which means your will and emotions. And so when you come into marriage, one of the worst toxic things that gets into our minds is that intimacy is sex oh yeah see Mm -hmm. our physical bodies are one-fourth of the intimacy equation Mm -hmm. that uh you have to have mental intimacy well you can't have mental intimacy if you're not talking Mm -hmm. you have to have spiritual intimacy that means praying and worshiping together having having knowing god's will for our marriage Mm -hmm. those kinds of things emotional intimacy also comes from talking and and sharing our true feelings with each other and all of that. So when you and I got married, we had none of that, none whatsoever. We had sex, but that's all we had. And the sex wasn't as fulfilling because we didn't have any other elements in our marriage. Mm -hmm. So if you— Well,
1: and I think, though, part of that's true, but the other part is, one of the things I've always thought about our relationship when we first, you know, when we met and then— Through the time, was that honestly, we did communicate well. We communicated well, except when you didn't understand me or you didn't, or you were being dominant. You know, just, you know, I don't want to talk about that because I don't see it the way you see it. And, um, you know, so I agree with you. Communication is huge. You know, if you're not communicating about everything, you know like your values like that's why we have pre-marriage counseling because you need to know each other's values you need to understand each other from the perspective of you know what what do children look like in your marriage what does money look like in your marriage what is sex uh, communication how are you going to have fun in laws all these things are so important to that be talking important. about and uh, come into a balance of respecting each other but also talking about it and you know for you you and I that's what we did and and from my perspective, though, um, I shut down because of your of the dominance that happened at the beginning of our marriage. And I just thought, you know, it's just too hard. It's just too hard to have feelings and express how I want to feel because you weren't respecting them. Yeah. And you didn't understand them. And so I did. I shut down, and I didn't want—I I just, you know, I decided I'm going to try to be a better person with God, and hopefully things will change. But— um, I think it's just so important for for you to get help, and that's why you know outside counseling again. Sometimes you may just have to have some outside counseling. Absolutely,
0: getting getting help is not a sign of weakness; it's a sign of wisdom. Mm-hmm. And we we did not have outside help. It was a miracle of God that we <laughs> survived it. But what happened, Karen, was when we began to be um, intimate mm-hmm. spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and physically, it transformed our marriage. Right, and I mean it it truly. It, it was marriage the way that it was meant to be. And if you're struggling with these kinds of issues, just realize you're not alone. You are you know, when we have marriage conferences, you know, we just tell people we're all in the same boat. Mm-hmm. You know, no one's perfect. We all have to deal with issues, but deal with them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not the fact that you have issues that causes a bad marriage. It's the fact that you're not dealing with them or maybe you don't know how to deal with them. Well, we hope that this has been helpful to you today. Please subscribe if you haven't already. Leave a review. We love hearing from you. Now we're going to go to the teaching, striking your spiritual and emotional match. Good sex is always intentional. You may have been, you know, naturally obviously attracted to each other sexually when you met. But we can enjoy sex for the rest of our married lives. You know, Research proves that people are enjoying sex, 70s, 80s, longer than ever because we're living longer and because of medical technology. But it's always intentional, it's never by accident. And listen, don't let the devil tell you the lie that if you married the right person that it would just happen naturally and you wouldn't have to work at it, that's just not true. You always have to put energy into the relationship Regardless, But the other thing about striking your sexual match is it's how to take the natural differences that are between us and to make them dynamic rather than dangerous. God made us different by his design. We're, we're very, very different. And when you understand those differences, it's dynamic. But when you don't, it's, it's a very dangerous thing. And so uh, sex demonstrates how different we are, but complementary. When I uh, was in college, my job was to pull pipe fittings and pipe. When I first started, I didn't know you know any kind of pipe fitting. And so I walked up one day and I noticed on my order, it said male pipe fitting. And I thought, what, You're male pipe fitting? And then I noticed down the bottom, it said female pipe fitting. And I went to this guy that I worked with and I said, what's What's a male and a female pipe fitting? And he was kind of an old gruff guy and he said, "Come here, kid." So he he walked me down the aisle of this of the pipe area there and he grabbed a male fitting and said, "This is a male fitting." And then he grabbed another fitting and was he said, "This is a female fitting." And he put them together and I thought, "Oh my gosh, hardware people are perverts." <laughs> you know. They work in a porn shop here. And so it was embarrassing because I thought, I just can't believe they call them male. I'm doing my hands. I got to stop doing that. But <laughs> the, I can't believe they call them that. But it's interesting. God designed us so differently to complement each other. Nature tells us we need each other and we fit. Sex tells us that our differences have a dynamic to them and that we fit. And here's what male and female means. It takes two to make one. God looked at Adam and said, he's incomplete. And then he made Eve and said, they too shall become one. And nothing in our marriage demonstrates that more than sex and something happens when we're having sex that doesn't happen in any other point in our marriage, something very dynamic and something very important. We are very dependent upon each other. See, if you could meet your own needs, you wouldn't get married. And again, the differences in our sexuality tell us a female needs a male and a male needs a female. But the point is this, it's gonna take both of us with a good attitude to meet each other's needs. It's gonna take both of us doing our part to be able to have intimacy and sex. I can't do it by myself. If I could, I could be single. But since I can't, I'm depending on you, okay? And our sexuality is also threefold. A lot of times, the mistake that we make is lo- looking at sexuality one dimensionally. In other words, we look at sex and just say, you know, sex is something that happens in the physical realm. It does not. To have sex the way that God intended, it is spiritual, emotional, and physical. And that's what I want to talk about the spiritual element of, of sex. The most important area of intimacy is spiritual intimacy. If you could. If you could see the way that God sees, what you would see is the deepest part of you is your spirit. Now listen to what the word intimacy means. It means inner closeness. It means close on the inside. That's what intimacy means. When you're saying I want to be intimate with my spouse, what you're saying is I don't want just a superficial relationship. You can be having sex with someone who's a million miles away from you emotionally and, and they're, they're checked out. Okay. Intimacy means I know you. Uh, You've opened up your heart to me and I've opened up my heart to you and we're one. Now, when we're born, we are born with a spiritual void. Adam and Eve sinned and they died spiritually. And every single one of us are born spiritually dead. And when we're born again, what that means, I was saved a week before Karen and I got married. And being born again means the Spirit of God, there's a a Jesus-sized hole on the inside of us that money can't fill, that people can't fill, that a job or education can't fill. Nothing in life is gonna fill the inner emptiness in my life until Jesus comes in. And when Jesus comes in, I'm born again spiritually. My dead spirit becomes alive and God moves on the inside of me. When you're born again, this is why we shouldn't marry an unbeliever and sometimes we're both lost and then one of us gets saved or whatever. So, but we wanna both be believers because when you also have Jesus living on the inside of you, we can now enjoy spiritual intimacy where the deepest part of you and the deepest part of me are in communion. The greatest intimacy is not mental intimacy. The greatest intimacy is not emotional intimacy or sexual intimacy. The greatest intimacy is spiritual intimacy. And Karen and I, people ask us, you know, the secret of our marriage, God. God is the secret of our marriage. God is the secret of why we're together and the greatest intimacy that we experience is the spiritual part of our relationship. Here's how to create spiritual intimacy in your marriage. And number one is to respect the spiritual nature of marriage and regarded as sacred. Now, you may have heard people say, it's just a piece of paper. Marriage is just a piece of paper. Marriage is an act of the Spirit of God and it's a covenant. Now now listen, the word covenant means to cut. When marriage was, it's a sacrificial permanent bond and it only works that way. When, When marriage was created, Adam was cut and he bled. Okay, and so blood, Jesus said this is the new covenant in my blood. Marriage only works as a covenant bond Where here's what I'm saying, I will sacrificially love you till the day that I die. A covenant has no end date. If it has an end date, it's not a covenant. So this is permanent until death and it is sacrificial. That's the nature of this relationship. There's a covenant marriage and there's a contract marriage. A contract marriage is what we have in America, and it's cheap, and it's as worthless as the paper that it's written on. A contract marriage says this, I'm going to protect my rights and limit my responsibilities to you. I've got one foot out the back door if you mess with me. I'm going to protect my rights, and I'm going to limit my responsibilities. A covenant says, I sacrifice my rights, and I assume responsibility. Jesus came, sacrificed his right to be the son of God, came down to earth, lived a miserable life, suffered a miserable death, and now he's our savior. Who's, who's glad about that? And he didn't do it protecting his rights. He did it sacrificing. And when we come to him and we join in the new covenant, we sacrifice our lives for Jesus. We give our lives to him. Jesus said, he who saves his life will lose it. And he who loses his life will save it. So let, me, let me say this. In marriage, you get what you pay for If you want a contract, it's worth what you paid for it. And what it does is it establishes a very, very shaky foundation for intimacy and sex and a life built together. How can you build a life with someone who's got their bags half-packed all the time? How can you build a life with someone who's never demonstrated true sacrifice and has never really demonstrated that they're totally committed to the relationship? Divorce is not an option. We're in this thing for the rest of our lives. It's till death to us part. That is the spirit of a covenant marriage. Now listen, every covenant has a seal and a sign. When God makes a covenant, every covenant has a seal and a sign. And they're sacred to God. Covenant signs are sacred. When God made a covenant with Noah, the rainbow was the seal and the sign. When God made a covenant with Abraham, circumcision was the seal and the sign. When Jesus entered the new covenant, the seal of the new covenant is water baptism and the sign is communion. The Bible tells us that water baptism is the same, Colossians says, is the same as uh, the Old Testament uh, circumcision. And communion is the sign. Every covenant has a seal and a sign, and they're sacred to God. Okay. So what, if marriage is a covenant, what is the, what is the sign in the seal? Sex. When we get married, sex consummates the bond of marriage. That's the way God designed it. We don't have sex before marriage. That's the way God designed it. And then I come and I commit my life to you in covenant, and then after making that covenant vow, we seal that with sex. And then the sign, the, the seal means it's a done deal. Jesus, your Lord of my life, I'm water baptism. I'm water baptized. It's a done deal. This is the outward sign of an inward decision that I've made. It's not something I've privately done in my heart. I've done it publicly before witnesses. This is the sign, the seal. What's the sign? It is the constant sign to you that I'm walking in good faith with the commitment that I made. So in Christianity, it's communion. I'm baptized one time, but regularly I take communion. What does communion say? I remember. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. I remember, Jesus, I remember what you did for me and I remember the commitment I made to you. I'm walking in good faith and I'm bearing the sign of the covenant that we have together. What is the covenant sign of marriage? Sex. Every time I'm having sex with you, what I'm saying is I remember the commitment that I made, that sacred covenant that we made. And I may not like you right now, I may be ticked at you right now, I may have 300 other things to do right now, but I'm gonna have sex with you just to remind myself of the commitment that I made. And my attitude will be better afterwards, I'm sure, I'm hoping. (laughs) That's a good marriage. To the degree that you're pure in sex, and I'm not talking about being a prude, because God wants us to enjoy sex and have fun having sex in marriage. To the degree that you're pure is to the degree that sex will be fulfilling for you. I've never met a sex addict that was fulfilled. Ever, 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 ever. Sex addiction is a bondage. And it sucks the life out of you. But when you commit yourself to one person, to be intimate with one person, that's how sex becomes special. And we just tell ourselves sex is sacred. It's something only between us and I'll never justify taking it outside of our marriage. And and if I'm tempted, I'm wrong and I'm going to take it to Jesus and, and become accountable. But here's the issue. You want to pray together, worship together, make the spiritual element of your marriage the most important area of your marriage. Let me tell you why I trust Karen. Because she's a godly woman. Karen's conscience before God is why I trust her because I'm a human being and she's a human being and we're not better than anybody else and anyone can fall. I could fall sexually, absolutely no doubt about it. What's the insurance policy that I won't? My relationship with Jesus Christ. And us praying together and worshiping together and valuing the spiritual element of our marriage creates the greatest spiritual intimacy and trust in our relationship that then opens the door to sexual intimacy. It is the most, and let me say this now. According to a survey, Sex in America, it was a definitive survey, Grand Central America, the most sexually satisfied couples and most orgasmic women are Christians and married. It puts into men and women's minds this picture. Well, if you're married and you're a Christian, well, you know, you're having sex. But the fun is out in the city being single and sexual. The, fun, the fun's out there on the dark side. It's exactly the opposite. Those people have less sex and less satisfying sex. The best sex is in a Christian, monogamous, heterosexual, committed marriage. We have the, give yourselves a hand. You have the best sex of anybody. It's the truth. Because the spiritual element is the most important element. That's why that we have the best sex of anybody. And I'm not saying you necessarily do, but you may have to work on some issues, but you have the best shot at it when spirituality is important. Number two is the emotional match. Here are the top five reasons why couples fight. Top five. Number one is work stress. Number two is money. Three is children. Four is sex. And five is housework. Work stress money, children, sex, and housework, okay? And let me, tell you, let me tell you why we fight, because you don't care how I feel. You don't care how I feel about you working all the time. You don't care how I feel about you leaving the house dirty and not helping me when you get home. You don't care how I feel about the kids and the kids being neglected or, or the kids not being disciplined. You, you, don't, you don't care how I feel. And when our spouse is is saying something to us, typically it's something that we don't understand because we're not in their world and a lot of times we don't understand their perspective. But here's, here's what your spouse needs most from you when they're emoting, validation, validation. I may not understand what you're saying, but it's important to me because you're important to me. Rather than rolling your eyes rather than just walking away in disagreement and not validating them. There was a man talking to me last week and he was telling me about an interaction he had with his wife and they have absolutely no intimacy whatsoever and he was telling me something she said to him and, and I said, well, what did you say? He said, I just laughed. And I said, in other words, you didn't validate anything she had to say. And he said, huh? He thought laughing at her, she said something, he just went, huh? <laughs> And she walked away hurt, and he thought that was intelligent on his part. And I said, what she needed from you was validation. She needed you to say to her, honey, it's important. I don't understand everything you're saying, but it's important because you're saying it. My emotions, listen, my emotions may not be right, but they're real. And I would say, this is an inexact you know, scientific survey based on me. I would say half the time I'm talking to Karen, my emotions are real but not right, half the time. So when I'm talking to her about something, my, my emotions aren't right. I can, I can think of dozens of examples of times I've been talking to Karen about, Karen about something, and my, but they were real. And so when I'm talking to Karen and I'm talking to her about how I feel, I'm not attacking, I'm, I'm just telling her how I feel. Here's what I need from her is, Jimmy, that's, that's important. You know, I validate how you feel. I may not agree with it, but I validate. And when you validate the way that I feel, listen, and I don't have to pay a price for being honest. Research proves that couples who never disagree have bad marriages. I'm not talking about fighting all the time. I'm talking about giving your spouse the right to disagree without paying a price. I'm hurt, I'm frustrated. You're, you're not helping around the house. I feel, stra- I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm taking care of the kids all the time by myself and you don't care. I feel like you work all the time. I feel like your friends are more important than me. I feel, I feel, I feel. And emotional intimacy comes from the place of saying to your spouse, are you doing okay? Now listen, you're not a good husband until your wife tells you you are. You, know, you can go buy yourself one of those world's best husband's t-shirts. It's better for your wife to buy it. Because if you buy it for yourself, you're just trying to let her know. But if she buys it for you, she's trying to let the world know. You're not a good wife until your husband tells you you are. And here's what makes a great marriage, is sitting down with each other and saying, am I doing a good job? Are your needs being met? Am Am I hurting you? Is there anything I'm doing that's frustrating you? And sitting down sincerely and without any defensiveness in saying, except for serving Jesus, my most important mission in life is to fulfill you. I know you depend upon me for that. You can't fulfill yourself or we wouldn't have gotten married. And I don't want to strand you in a loveless relationship as I go do something else and take you for granted. Am I doing a good job? How can I improve? And when you have two people that, that conscientious and are willing to open up and not be defensive and now listen to what your spouse is saying. Karen and I today can open up with each other and talk with each other without fear, but I remember when I didn't want the answer to that question, I would have never sat down with Karen and asked her because she would have answered it and I would have had to have changed. So emotional intimacy simply means this, I care about your emotions. They might be right or wrong, but they're real. And if I agree or disagree, I will validate what you're saying and give you the right to express it without paying a price, unless you're being cruel, unless you're being mean or something like that. But I want us to have an emotional intimacy and I want us to be our safe place to each other. Hey, this is Brent Evans with Exo Marriage. And I want to thank you for listening to the Marriage Today podcast. We believe your marriage has a 100% chance of success if you do it God's way. If you enjoyed today's teaching and want to keep learning, hey, subscribe to the Marriage Today podcast and take some time to leave us a review. Your reviews help us spread the word and can encourage someone else in need. For more great marriage content, check out xomarriage.com where you can see all of our marriage building resources, articles, and live events.